Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How many fish in our stringer? How many points on our buck? How many feathers in our bag? That's how we keep score around here. Sportsmen and women of all skill levels. Let's disconnect from the day-to-day grind and stay connected to the outdoor activities that you and your family love. This is the Doug Pike Show, brought to you by Stub Cycles. Still rolling strong after 50 years. And Cypress Wood Golf Club. Experience the difference. Now, here's Doug Pike. Saturday before Thanksgiving edition of this program starts now with the countdown, I guess, one, two, three, four, five days to Thanksgiving. Two or three of which may be just may be a little damper than you would like. Mojo weighs in. Good morning. I got a reply. I try to reply to emails as quickly as I can. This early, it's pretty easy because they haven't stacked up at all. And uh, I have a little more time. As the show progresses, in theory at least, more of you will join in. More of you will participate. That's hopeful theory, and we'll move on from there. I'm feeling a little bit, how shall I say this, not 100% this morning, uh, leaning yeah, way off 100%. I was overserved last night, <clears throat> pardon me, at a buffet table. Now, you might be quick to point out to me, because I've already done this, so I'll do it for you. When you're at a buffet table, the only person over-serving you is you. The only person who can who can put too much on your plate under these circumstances is you. And I did that. And I'm not so sure if it was the quanti- the, the food quality was outstanding. The quantity that I ate may have may have something to do with how I feel this morning. And then there's the peppers that I rarely eat. But, man, were they good. They were buried up in in between. There was a slice of mm, far far beyond mild jalapeno pepper. And it may have, may have even been some other pepper, but I think it was jalapeno. Sandwiched between a shrimp and a piece of bacon. And that was good. It was doggone good. And so I ate a few of those. Probably shouldn't have. Under my circumstances, I just sometimes the spicy stuff gets to me now. And there was some chicken, and there was, and then that was appetizer stuff. And then the the main meal was served. It was all barbecue, and of course I had to sample all of that. And there was a baked potato bar, and my son went and got one of those, and he lost interest in it after a couple of bites. So course i had to jump on some of that and one thing led to another and 
I reached for the Pepto-Bismol bottle at about 4.10 this morning, I think it was. Just, just tossed and turned. I'm actually, I'm feeling slightly better with a, and I mean slightly as underlined in this case, slightly better right now. I also feel a little allergic sneeze coming on. If it goes silent for just a second, it's because I'm sneezing. You heard part of that, didn't you? On the way in, but not on the way out. So there, I put my handkerchief back now. I'm ready to go. So yes, I'm my, actually that made me feel a little better in my stomach too. I didn't, who knew the two were, I think it was just a shock to my stomach. It forgot for a minute to feel badly. So I don't, hey, I'm not going to. I'm not going to have to push the button and walk away. I'm okay. But man, oh man, that was some darn good eats. And I couldn't push myself away. The only thing that saves me from being a little worse off this morning, I think, is that my son and I had to leave and go to a meeting uh, about his little baseball team. And some big, important stuff for 11-year-old baseball. You know how all that goes. And so I, I didn't get to stick around for the option of either pecan pie or blackberry cobbler. And I'm pretty sure, knowing myself as I do, that I would have eaten both. So I would have been a lot worse off. And if there were ice cream around to go on the cobbler, then it would have gone on that. And if the pie was still warm, which it probably would have been, knowing this guy, then I would have gotten ice cream on that too. So I'm better off than I could have been. But it would have been it would have been difficult this morning to muster to go put out a goose spread or set 120 duck decoys or mm, I don't know most anything. 713-212-579. Email me Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Do you have outdoors plans over the holidays? Or do you shut down your hunting during the holidays? Mojo has a great idea. A little chocolate ice cream would fix you right up. I think you're right. I think you're right, and I'm going to – I think I'll just test that theory. Uh, maybe a little – I don't Do we have ice cream around here? Do we have ice cream, Mike, in the freezer downstairs? Uh, Possibly. I might have to go look during one of the breaks. Hey, ice cream never hurt anything, right? Uh, unless you brain freeze. My brain freezes hit me now. It used to be in the head. Sometimes in the throat. Now they hit me right in the in the middle of my back. It's like a knife going into the middle of my back if I eat too much cold too fast. Hadn't happened to me in a while. I've wised up to that, and I know it's coming, and I'm very careful of that because the pain is excruciating. Absolutely excruciating. Okay, on to a little bit of outdoors news here as we move forward. And I've got some golf news we can talk about later, too. That I'll throw this one onto the table early to see if anybody cares at least a little more than I do. Because I don't care much about this match between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. But there is more and more effort underway to make it count, to make it something. There's talk of, of these side bets they're going to have. Uh, there's a little trash talking going on between the two of them, which I would suspect is all baloney. I, I don't think either of these guys, uh, 
I don't I don't think there's a whole lot of sincerity in this event. I think it's a it's a big big money thing. It's a, a flashy opportunity to put two guys out there. And uh, McElroy actually kind of said what I think a lot of us are thinking, frankly. He said it in front of a microphone, though, so it got it got distributed around the world. Essentially what he said was, I'm not going to watch it, and I think they missed the mark. And by missing the mark, I believe he means, and, and I would certainly agree, they picked the wrong two guys. They picked a couple of guys who, in PGA Tour terms, are old, kind of kind of washed up a little bit. Tiger had a great year. Congratulations. Phil Mickelson's been out there playing. He was playing when Tiger was his best. He was playing when Tiger wasn't playing, and he's still playing when Tiger's gotten a little older and, and really scrapping hard. But they picked a couple of old guys who aren't the longest hitters on tour. They were just – I think the game generally – was trying to prop itself up and, and gain some relevance again uh, with a, a circus sideshow. And and that's all this is. It's it's a one-round, one-day match for millions of dollars. It's going to go to charity. We all knew that was coming. Uh, supposedly spiffed up with these side bets that they can do throughout the match that may or may not. Yeah, some of them may be real, some maybe not. But I'm pretty confident that neither of them is ever going to have to pull out of his his own pocket to pay off one of those debts. There's, there's money involved that's coming their way, whether they finished around in, in nine holes or 12. And my guess, my guess is that this thing is going to go farther than 15 holes because it's not good TV to finish a match – 11 and 7 or 11 and 6 if if either one of them just happens to be just firing on all cylinders boy I've spent a lot of time talking about this already in the very first segment of the program apologies to those of you who don't care at all about golf but if either one of them really comes out firing and birdies the first four holes and the other guy can't make a putt fall and it's it's 4 and 0 oh after four holes uh, there's going to be some TVs tuning off, and they don't want that. I think there's – you might see a putt missed that you would expect to be made. I'll just say that. I'll just say that you may see a putt or two missed. You may see a, a short game effort come up a little short or go a little long to justify the next missed putt to keep it tight. I suspect this match will look tighter than it is. And, and go pretty deep. And to their credit, if they do it, if hey, if one of them runs away with it and they, they wrap it up at, at 10 and 6, 10 and 7, then more power to them. I'll, I'll tip my cap to them just a little bit. But the fact that they even took this deal, it's kind of like, wow, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they should have. What we all should have done in the past – week or so has been getting our gear ready for the rest of the outdoor season ahead of us. This is this week, Thanksgiving week, 
is when a lot of things really get going. The season's actually open for ducks and geese and deer, the general season for deer, around the 1st of November, but it's not until Thanksgiving that everything really shifts into high gear. You get a couple of cold snaps this month. We had we had freezing temperatures across most of Texas this past week, and they do good things for hunters. They narrow the available food sources. They the, the animals have to eat to stay warm. They don't get to come inside and flip the heater on. They don't get to do that. They have to eat to stay warm, and they have to eat more and more and more the colder it gets. This week, they they gobbled all week long. Deer, ducks, geese, they're all out there eating this time of year because they know the next cold snap is around the corner. Now, it's not today. It'll be a nice balmy afternoon this afternoon. But they know they have to eat. A lot of their food sources also with the rain we've had in the last couple of weeks, a lot of those acorns that they were gorging themselves on have been washed away or rotted just after sitting in the in the muck for so long. So now they'll start coming to the feeders a little better. The duck, Not the ducks and geese. You can't feed ducks and geese legally. But they will start coming to the decoys better. They'll, they'll be looking for food. They'll be hungry. They'll be letting their guards down ever so slightly, but down nonetheless. And that's our opportunity. Between now and the new year, that's the best window for most of what's going on in the outdoors in Texas. Have there been big deer shot? Oh, yeah, of course. There's big deer knocked over every day of the season somewhere in the state of Texas. It's a big state. We take a couple of hundred thousand, two, two, three hundred thousand deer a year. Some of them are going to be pretty doggone good and make mistakes every day of the season. Are there good duck and goose hunts before Thanksgiving? A few. Good duck hunts. Uh, the goose hunting, not so good before Thanksgiving because the birds just haven't left. Now, they froze. Uh, North Dakota froze up about a week and a half ago, according to my friend Pat Lester, who is a, a friend of the program and, and responds or, or uh, sends me emails pretty often. Email and Facebook stuff. And he was headed home from there. He hunts up there every fall. And once it freezes over there or up there, once all of the lakes have, and ponds have frozen solid, the geese leave and, and he follows them back here. The ducks and geese are all uh, almost as far down the flyway as they're coming. A lot of birds that will stay up north are staying only because northern states from here have figured out the economic value of waterfowl hunting. And so they leave water open. They they put electronic devices in there to keep the, the water surface stirred so that it can't freeze solid, even in sub seriously low temperatures. A buck's a buck, and if they can keep that keep that water open for a couple of more weeks, they can hunt a couple of more weeks. And commercial hunting is for geese, at least, is suddenly much bit well not suddenly, but over the past twenty years, the the with every year, there was more and more commercial hunting of waterfowl going on up the flyway to the north. It's been going on in Canada forever, but 30, 40 years ago, most of these geese would get up on a north wind and just take off flying and keep flying until they hit a few, the very few then, major reservoirs in the middle of this state or in the middle of this country. 
the breadbasket of America, as it were. Now they just they just take little short trips and keep hopping on down here, and it works out well for them and for hunters along the way. That's enough of the history lesson. That's boring, isn't it? I want to take a little break here. When we get back, there's a couple of more things in the outdoors I want to look at. I want to uh, pay a little respect to game wardens. There were some game wardens honored uh, recently for some some pretty heroic deeds, stuff that unless you watch Northwoods Law or Lone Star Law on TV, you might not realize game wardens even do. Anything you want to talk about, I want to know what's going on for Thanksgiving, whether you're staying or going, whether you've got a big trip with the whole family or you've just told them, enjoy your turkey, I'll be back. A lot of things I want to go over. On the way out, a quick word for Shipley Donuts, serving up deliciousness for 80-something years now. It's 82 now, maybe, 83, I don't know. Been a long time, a lot longer than I've been around, and I've been around a long time. Five dozen selections, every one as good as the others. My son and I made the same stop again this morning that we make almost every Saturday morning on the way in here. He gets his donuts and kolaches, gets a little chocolate milk to wash them down. He's a happy guy. All of those donuts, all of that made fresh daily all over town, all over Texas, across the south, up into Colorado now. Stop by Shipley's anytime. It's on the way to everywhere. It truly is. Get yourself some of that delicious fresh coffee and a couple of boxes. Hey, make a friend this morning. A couple of boxes of your favorite donuts from Shipley. We'll take a little break here. Come right back. Get on the phone. Looks like some people want to talk to me. That's a good thing. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wait a minute. We are Sports Talk 790. Are you ready? Listen online at Sports790.com. Now, more Doug Pike. Seven twenty three on Sports Talk 790, the Doug Pike Show. Thank you for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. I was juggling all kinds of things, man. I got a bunch of emails just then. I got a phone call I got to go take right here. Tom, what's up, buddy? Hey, called a couple months ago. We went to Key West, Key Largo, Esmeralda. I did that whole stretch. and Nice. I, um, hope, I hope you're calling to brag. Did you get some A little fishing? bit, yeah. Okay. I mean, the, it was really windy. It was right after the hurricane came through. that oh, yeah. devastated the panhandle. Right. And uh, I think we were getting maybe some of the after effects of that possibly down in that area. But sure. uh, one of the things that really stood out is it could be blowing 40 miles an hour like it was, and the water still blew. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's quite amazing. But uh, um, <clears throat> we uh, uh, did one day of fishing. Okay. Uh, went out about seven in the morning uh, down in uh, Esmeralda. That's a, I guess, out of all the stretches of the Keys, that seems like it's a real big destination starting spot for a lot of fishermen. Is in that at yes. that particular key in that it area. Is, yeah. And, and uh, so we uh, did some cast netting around some of the mangrove islands and uh, caught some shad and used those as bait and really stocked up on the mangrove snapper. Uh, that's about all that we could get that could really that would really go after our. Uh, our bait at that point that's just because right. of the wind 
Um, but we, uh, um, uh, gosh, my wife and I each, uh, we pulled in 10 apiece that we were keeping. I mean, we must have thrown back 30 or 40 that were a little bit undersized. And then you start <laughs> looking at what you've got in your, no, you know, in, in the live well, and you start throwing some back that you want to keep other ones instead and so on. But, uh, quite a good experience. And, uh, uh, you know, this time of year, it's, it's fun to talk about it because we're dealing with all these cold temperatures and there wasn't a day that was under, under 85 out there at all. Isn't that nice? So that, yeah. Yeah. Isla Marotta, if you start there and go 20 miles in any direction, you're, you're not going to get out of bad places to fish. You know, it's just so no, beautiful for sure. down there. Yeah. The other, uh, we were, uh, uh, we stopped underneath a couple of, uh, well, we, we stopped up against the side of a couple of mangrove islands and, and, uh, you know, I had one situation where we, I caught a remainder of snapper pulling it in and it got attacked by a big barracuda, which was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, to see. man. And then, uh, we went underneath some, uh, um, some of the, the causeway, uh, uh, overpasses and had right. a lot more luck underneath there, but just yeah. fishing along the pylons of the bridges. There and, any, any structure down there, when you stop and look at across this big expanse of relatively open water, that's all you have. You got mangroves and you got bridge pilings. And that's it. Yeah. That's where the, the fish that, congregate there. They do. Yeah, and it's a, it's a very pretty sight. You know, we got lots of pictures and, and so on, too. One yeah. one last story was okay. uh, uh, down at the fishing dock when we were cleaning <clears throat> the fish. Well, the, the guide cleaned the fish for us, but we were watching. And the first time he threw the carcass over the side right there at the at the boat dock, all of a sudden you look down and you see about six nurse sharks just swirling in that area. It just sure. isn't something that you would just visibly even think. Scavengers. You know, he didn't even yeah. give us a heads up about that. We just looked down and it's like unbelievable. <laughs> and then seeing a I mean, we saw a manatee that was just maybe just right off the yeah, cool. the uh, where we where we took off at the boat. It yeah. just the wildlife in that area is just unbelievable. And yeah. it's so close to shore. Isn't so, it though? Yeah, you don't have yeah. to run twenty miles to go see it either. You just no stand doubt. right no there at the dock it. and throw something over. See what yeah, happens. No Thanks, Just wanted man. to tell you how fun, it, fun of a good time we had. That's you have great. A good yeah, thank you, Tom. Appreciate it, buddy. Sounds like they had one heck of a time down there. And, hey, nothing wrong with a bunch of mangrove snapper. They're tasty things. One of the things that you'll see done down there in some in the wind, who knows? It, you know, the guy's got to do what he's – the guide has to do what he has to do to get some fish in the boat. And it sounds like he took care of Tom and his wife pretty well. One thing that's cool down there, if you ever get a chance to do it, especially if you wade fish down that way with live bait, uh, the way that the guy who, who owns Miralure and I and his brother and there were, I think, two other guys on this trip did a trip down there a long, long time ago. And one of the, the tricks you learn about fishing with live bait down there is that as you come up to one of these sand holes, you, if you have enough baits, which is not hard to do, you, you, you can chum up these pilchards or you can watch for schools of them Throw the big cast net over them and put 400 of them in the boat real quick. Pile them in a big live well and keep them alive. They're pretty hardy fish. But as they come up to these sand holes, it's not not a bad idea to test that sand hole to see if there's a bunch of fish in it or, or around it in the edge of it or not. And one of the ways they do that is to to reel the, the hook, a bear hook. You're just throwing a bear hook and letting these things swim on it. You reel that bear hook all the way to the rod tip, put that little pilchard on there and snap the rod and it will flip off of there and you can throw one that way probably i don't know 40 50 yards just sails through the wind land it near that sand hole it's it's still alive when it hits the water and if there's anything 
around that sand hole, that little fish gets eaten pretty quickly. Another way they do it is to take a, a wiffle ball bat, the little plastic bats, those, those big ones that look kind of like the, the old clubs that Bam Bam used to swing, about that size in, on the Flintstones, and they'll cut uh, a top out of that to where it looks like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the game High Lie. Some of you might understand or might be familiar, some might not. But anyway, it, it just creates like a long tube. You drop that pilchard in that tube and you sling that thing. And, and you can you can sling a, sling a bait fish a pretty good ways that way as well. So you can probe these flats and probe these sand holes long before you have to walk all the way to each one just to see if there's anything in there. Because if they come out to eat one, rest assured that if you throw one in there with a hook on it, they'll come out and eat that one as well. But all kinds of ways to fish down there. The bridge pilings are incredible when the weather's right. Uh, if you've been down there, you know what I'm about to say. There's there's going to be snook in there. There'll be tarpon. There'll be grouper. There'll be snappers. There's three or four inshore snapper species that are really tasty, besides the mangroves. There's all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff swimming around down there. The biggest snook I ever hooked in my life, I hooked on a little pier piling of a brand-new pier at a brand-new boat ramp at a little bitty municipal park up around Stewart, Florida. We had about a half a dozen live baits left, had some big sardines left after um, doing a snook and tarpon run with a couple of friends. And we pulled up to this thing. The, the guy who had taken us out that morning said, there's been a big snook or two hanging around this thing if you want to go check it out. So sure we do. Of course we do. Well, we, we threw a few baits in there. We pulled one. We pulled a grouper out of there, about 20 pounds, I guess. We had a couple of mystery bites. And then I set a hook on a fish that when it hit, it just it felt different. And when I set the hook, this fish wasn't 10 yards off the end of the rod. It was just kind of out there and right in front of us and right straight down. And it snapped up that sardine, and I set the hook, and it rolled in front of me as it was a snook. And so help me, this thing looked like an ironing board turning over in the water. It was huge. Biggest, biggest snook I've ever seen anywhere. I walked up on a couple of good ones uh, about a year later on another trip down there, uh, but they weren't nearly as big as this thing. It was 40 pounds all day. It's just huge, a monstrous snook. That's what South Texas, or South Texas, yeah, can be someday. If we keep getting warm weather like we're getting, our snook are going to keep coming up. They're going to get bigger. We're going to see more of them, and they're going to expand their range farther up the coast than they are now. And we've already had some caught at Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Surfside, and we've already had at least one that I know of fairly recently caught in Galveston. Knock on wood. Get through this winter, okay, without one of those you-know-whats. And um, who knows? Maybe you'll catch the next snook in Galveston. We'll take a little break here on the way out. Blackwood Gun Club wants you to come up and visit. And here's what's going on at Blackwood. Let me check something real quick. I want to tell you about this. Jeff Bearden 
sent word through Mickey, who who works a lot of promotions and stuff up there. So look, here's here's what we can do to the end of November. Everybody need there's still some people need to get rifles done. Still some people want to get better with their with their shotgunning skills on the sporting clays ranges. Mention my just drop my name. Go in there, drop my name. Ten bucks to shoot rifle or pistol. Now that's one shooter. One you can't just show up with a busload of people, but at least one shooter, one gun, ten bucks to get out there on the rifle or pistol range. And if you want to shoot sporting clays, you can get ten bucks off a round of sporting clays or five bucks off a half round. And really, you go out there and shoot all you want or as little as you want at Blackwood Gun Club because you are in charge. You've got the little card. Once the card's in there at any station. You can pull targets as long as you want to. Or you can just shoot one there and say, you know, I'm good at this shot. I don't need to practice this one. I'll go to another one. All you have to do is drop my name, and you're going to get discounts up there all the way through November. Take some friends up there. Hey, for 10 bucks on the rifle and pistol range, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Stay there and shoot for a while. Take three or four guys up there. Swap guns. Swap loads. Learn what your gun likes. I talk about that all the time. That's a great way to know what your rifle really wants with what ammo it'll perform best. All at Blackwood Gun Club. They're at 11400 FM 2854 in Conroe. Two sporting clays courses, the rifle and pistol range. They've got plenty of ammo up there. They've got a nice selection of guns. If you're looking for a little Christmas present for yourself, all of it's just sitting there waiting for you under new ownership uh, for about the last what year and a half, two years now, I guess, and Jeff has really, really changed that place up and made it a really nice facility. You got to go see it yourself. 936 441 4040. 936 441 4040. Or check them out online anytime at blackwoodgunclub.com. That's blackwoodgunclub.com. We're breaking me back 734. This is Sports Talk 790. Online at sports790.com. Now, more Doug Bike. Seven thirty-six. He said between sips of coffee. Captain Scott just sent me Scott Null just sent me one of the prettiest sunrises I've seen in a while coming up over the pond down south somewhere. South Texas sunrise. Man, oh man, that's a pretty one right there. We had a pretty decent sunrise up here in Houston, uh, but nothing to compare to that. And I think there's just it's the South Texas factor. If nothing else, I don't know whether he's duck hunting or deer hunting this morning. It's kind of hard to tell. Or maybe just out taking pictures of sunrises. Billy weighed in a little while ago when I talked about the being overserved at the buffet. He said, wow, a hangover from eating. It must be an age thing. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I replied, though, that the, the outcome from overeating, uh, the overeating hangover is just Kind of your belly starts to hang over your belt. I'm not quite there yet. I'm still I'm still hanging in there for an old guy. I'm still trying to watch my 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 figure, if you will. And I'm I'm contemplating this keto diet. I have I have now heard in the last six months for or last three months from three people, each of whom has lost oh how much. 
I think I'm trying to think one of them. Yeah, all three of whom have lost 30 plus pounds on this diet. You don't you don't have to give up much the way I read it. You give up bread kind of for good and you give up a little bit of pasta or you give up bread and pasta basically is what it comes down to. You can eat all you can eat meat, you can eat cheese, you can eat whipped cream. You can eat fats, butter. You can eat bacon. You can eat a lot of stuff that's good, all the vegetables and fruit you want. You just got to stay off that grainy stuff. It's kind of like a, a gluten-free diet, and I couldn't even have told you what gluten was five years ago. But I'm learning, and I'm tempted. The last time I, I even attempted anything like this, it was about a uh, maybe three months. I kind of steered away from bread as best I could. I eat a lot of sandwiches. I can't. I can't quit it, but I steered away from it, and I did pretty well. Oh, look at Mike. Where'd you, did you shoot that out the window? Mike Haddow, he sends me a, a Houston Sunrise picture that's pretty doggone nice. It's uh, actually from my apartments. I got it this morning. I wanted to show it to you. Yeah, man. I'm going to send this down to Scott. Captain Scott Null. Mike Too shot this from his apartment. Window. Well, that's kind of redundant, I guess. This morning. There you go. So now, yeah, you have a good representation of our Houston sunrise as well. It's not South Texas, okay? But, Mike, to your favor, if you're in Houston, that was worth seeing. You, What, do you live in a, a penthouse somewhere? Not a penthouse, pretty high but it's up. like a little high-rise kind of. Just a little high-rise. Got you a little, you got the penthouse suite, don't you? I a can tell. Studio. It's cool. <laughs> good for you, man. Appreciate it. That's a nice view you got there for sure. Yeah, That's a very nice view. Keep the peace, you know. Mojo weighed in. Where did this one go on the on the waterfowl? Saw it. I think Mojo still may be. Oh no, I guess back in Houston now. Saw a couple of fields of snow geese at the Nebraska border. Nothing to what you've described, but more than I've ever seen in one place. Also, a V of Canada's bucking a headwind. In a snow flurry, holy cow, that's pretty cool. 20 feet above the highway. Yeah, this is something that a lot of people down here don't realize about waterfowl. Is that in in totally raw country where there's no development, very few people, just just the birds and the land, and and no hunting pressure, just the birds are left to their own devices, they don't fly high at all. They get up in the morning, they get airborne, and they'll they'll fly across the entire prairie 20, 30 feet off the ground because it's windy the higher up they get, and that means that they may have to fight a headwind like Mojo's talking about. And if they're fighting a strong headwind, the lower they can fly, the less of that wind they have to fight. And that means they can save a little energy, which may be enough to keep them alive in the dead of winter. The reason the birds fly so high around the Katy Prairie, used to anyway, there's not a whole lot of geese around there anymore. Wherever they're stopping now, halfway up into Arkansas, where they're still farming a lot of rice, the reason they fly high is because they get shot at when they fly low. And that's why we have to work so hard to decoy them. 
I saw that all the time on parts of the prairie where we used to hunt. Way out Eagle, Eagle Lake, um, up kind of west of Hockley, west of um, Sealy. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some of that prairie out there when the birds would get on that, where there just really wasn't much, if any, development. On a windy day, you'd see flocks of geese flying around and small bunches of geese flying around, little feeding bunches. You'd see them 20, 30, 50 feet off the ground. And there was some legitimate pass shooting to be had out there, too, as long as you didn't try to do it three days in a row. You'd, you could really get them the first day pass shooting against a nice, strong north wind. The second day, you'd probably get Pretty good action if you set up just right and far enough south of the feeding field well, so you'd catch those birds before they really got a little gunshot. They would they would come across the prairie low and then lift up to make sure that what they were looking at in front of them was really geese. Snow geese, some of the, some of the smartest birds out there. The average age, uh, this is from a study done probably 20, 30 years ago, but the average age of the birds in this mid-continent flock of snow geese was seven and a half. Seven and a half. They've made a lot of trips down here, and they've been shot at a lot of times. And they don't get that old by, by making mistakes. So anyway, that's a little lesson in waterfowling. If you can find true open ground, and watch the waterfowl go across it. When I did that goose hunt up in Canada years ago, we got to watch a lot of birds fly around really low. Now, some of them will get up on a, on a calm day. They'll get up and fly around pretty high, maybe looking for a new food source, something like that. And geese will fly, by the way. They will move as far as 20 miles to food sources. So just because you're by the roost doesn't mean those birds will have any interest whatsoever in you. If they found a, a serious food source, 15, 20 miles away, they will get up and get moving and make sure they're still flying in the right direction. They won't try to make 20 miles at 30 feet off the ground. They'll get up there and see where they're going. Interesting birds if you really study them. There's a lot to learn. A lot of fun doing that, too. You get get to spend time outdoors for starters, and that's always fun. That's For me, there's there aren't a whole lot of things I would rather do inside than outside. I would much prefer to be outdoors, having fun, doing whatever, than indoors, except for those darn mosquitoes. We've got to take another little break here. Good heavens. So what are I'm still trying to find somebody to tell me that they're brave enough to take off out of town on a hunting trip and not be here for Thanksgiving and leave the rest of the family here. Who has that kind of gumption? Anybody? Maybe not. I have interesting news on what a holiday meal should cost as well. And apparently, I'm overspending based on the plans I have right now. Belleville Meat Market, speaking of a good place to go buy something, 
boy, a good place to go buy something to eat on Thanksgiving. I'm sure they'd sell you a turkey out there right now. If you want to go grab one up, a turkey, some steaks, some chicken, a mini turkey. That's all that is. You can get all you want out there at Belleville Meat Market. Your backyard barbecue, tailgating, party, and, of course, hunting season headquarters with that big new building. That building now is devoted to nothing now through about the probably close to the end of January at least. Nothing but wild game processing. You take your deer out there, your pigs, your exotics. They do pigs too, by the way, because they do nothing but wild game in that building for all of winter. If Some places won't take pigs now or they, they only take them on a couple of days because if they do commercial processing in there as well, then they have to shut down everything, completely scrub it, and then reopen later. Not at Belleville Meat Market. What they do is just said, you know what, we're going to take care of deer hunters. We're just going to do a whole building of wild game, and we can take the pigs. They, anything you can shoot legally in Texas, they'll, they'll clean it for you. They'll process it for you. Jared Poffenberger in here a while, a couple of weeks ago. I asked him what was the most unusual thing he'd had come through there for processing. A zebra. A to Z, I guess. Uh, what would the A be? An armadillo? I don't, I don't know if they'd process an armadillo. That might be kind of tough. But they'll do it all. They'll do everything else at Belleville Meat Market. They will also offer you up some of those handmade tamales, the jalapenos and, and mushroom caps stuffed with cheese wrapped with bacon. How good does that sound? They do anything you want with that meat, and a few days after you drop it off, you get the phone call, the email, you go pick it up. It's all vacuum-sealed in heavy-gauge plastic. So it will stay fresh in the freezer until you are ready to eat it. Don't forget the gift baskets. Don't forget the online. Online shopping at Belleville Meat Market is, if you, if you live a little too far for your taste to go out there, that's the way to go. Almost anything in the store can be delivered to your door. 15 minutes north of Sealy, 15 minutes south of Hempstead on Highway 36 in the middle of the little town of Belleville, or 24-7, as they say, at BellevilleMeatMarket.com. We're breaking me back, 747. This is Sports Talk 790. Facebook.com slash Sports Talk 790. Back to the Doug Pike Show. Seven fifty-three on Sports Talk seven ninety, the Doug Pike Show. I just sent Mojo a copy of a photograph I've talked about on this program often and never really posted. What I need to do is get a good get a good digital scan of it and then post it on my Facebook page or on on the blog here at the station, which I honestly don't I don't mess with that that much. Probably should do a little better that better job of that, but I don't. But yeah, this was. Um, Back from back in the probably the late 90s or so, maybe mid 90s. And it was the biggest flight of geese I've ever seen anywhere, anytime, including TV and books and whatever. And I still contend that that's probably as many geese as you could find on a 35 millimeter frame of film. If somebody had the time to stop and count them with a, to blow it up really big and then count them with a pinpoint. And, I don't know how many are in there, but I know it's a lot. And I've seen some big flights of geese. And the cool part about that one particular flock was that uh, 
to to be there and to to witness it personally first of all the noise if a jet engine has nothing on a flock of about two or three hundred thousand snow geese in the same field when they get up and want to go somewhere they are all honking and talking and it's so loud that you could not possibly hear somebody screaming at you from 10 feet away you just can't hear it's that loud so you have that going on for you then just the visual spectacle of it all and the shot that i got i just kind of aimed up into the middle of everything and fired i don't know how many frames i shot i'd I'd like to go back and look at that roll of film again to see back in hindsight what i was i would try to think of figure out what i was thinking when I shot a particular frame, what I was looking at that, that drew my eyes to it. Because even in a big flock of geese like that, there's always something that's going to catch your eye and get you to move in a particular direction with the camera. So who knows? I may do that someday. I, I know where the contact sheet is. That's a nice little thing we did back in the newspaper days. For every roll of film you shot, you you sleeved the negatives and then shot an 8 by 10 contact sheet and then looked at each frame under a little loop a magnifying loop to figure out which ones you wanted to put in the paper. And that one, I don't know that I ever published that one because it just wouldn't have printed well in newspaper. It just wouldn't have. There are just too many birds, and a lot of them, because they are so thick, it just—it would have just looked like a blob. It would have looked like somebody had just tossed, mixed uh, two shakers of salt and pepper and just dropped them, dropped them on a plate. They're all kinds of geese in that flight and if you really study it you can see a lot of different things and a lot of the dynamics of of flight of a big flock like that how they avoid bumping into each other which they don't actually i've watched them really closely when when they've gotten up like that and if you really study it you'll see birds bumping into each other knocking each other around but they're just they're strong enough that when they get flipped they come back up something else something that some of you may not know when you watch a flock of geese going into a field to feed Sometimes they will do what, what we call back then whiffling. Um, they, they really just flip their wings, and they almost look like they're going upside down. And really, uh, it's, it's an excited move, and I, it's also a, a, a fast descent uh, from, from high to low. They just, they just drop that body and point it toward the ground and then just start flipping and flopping, like a, moving like a knuckleball through the air, essentially. And... If you ever get a chance to watch them closely when that's happening, it's a rare deal to be close and see that going on. But if you ever get a chance, you will note that their heads never move. The head stays perfectly still, and the body is rotating on that the axis of the neck and the spine. It's pretty, pretty fascinating when you pick that little part out of it and notice that as well. They stay totally focused on where they're going. They're not changing their perspective. Maybe I can use that as an example of how to teach my son not to move his head when he swings at a baseball. Just thought about that. Even geese don't move their heads, son. Even geese don't move their heads when they're doing something dramatic. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. Fast approaching the top of the first hour. And we will do it for two more on this weekend before Thanksgiving edition of the program. 
Once again, I'm, I'm. what do you got planned next week? Oh, by the way, this food thing. I meant to tell you, I've got just a quick time to tell you this. No, you know what? I'll save it until we come back. Think about how much you're going to spend on your Thanksgiving meal, and then I'll tell you what the national average is, what they say the national average is. And then you remember, you remember that homeless guy in Philadelphia, Mike, who uh, gave that woman her his last like twenty bucks for gas, and then they started a GoFundMe page and raised four hundred grand, something like that. Do you remember that story? I don't think I heard that one. Oh, I'm out of the loop. That's okay. Well, it's not your loop. It's okay. But that story did go down, and there was a little question about uh, whether they actually gave that homeless guy the money. And now there's an even more interesting development. I'll give you that one, too, in between talking about hunting and fishing. How about that? Out with the old, in with the new at Stub Cycles. Out with the old ATV. Take it over to Stub Cycles. Trade it in on a new ATV. Or if you like your old one, like the one you have now, leave it at home and just go buy a new one. It's as simple as that. You can do either at Stub Cycles over on Telephone Road, just a little ways north of Loop 610 South. You got Honda and Suzuki machines to choose from, and plenty of them. Almost every model they make is available over there at Stub Cycles. Traditional, side by side, you name it, you can get it, and all the accessories that go with them. You can either buy, you can even buy used machines over there as well. Guys like you and me who go over there and trade one in. Still got plenty of time on it. You just want something bigger, you want something stronger, or maybe you're downsizing. Maybe you need a different configuration. Whatever it is, they'll have it. At Stub Cycles. And if you need service, you just go ask for Tommy Brewer. Tommy heads the service department over there. Tell him I sent you over there, and he'll take good care of you just as well as anybody else will over there. Whether it's new or used, whether it's accessories or motorcycles even. If you like motorcycles, you're going to love Stub Cycles. Go see what's at the complex. There's a lot of firepower, a lot of motorcycles and ATVs right over there on Telephone Road. If you can't get there today, you can check them out online anytime. StubbsCycles.com. Do a little holiday shopping this week. Get online, find what you want, go over there and buy yourself a new toy. StubbsCycles.com. We'll break and be back. This is the Doug Pike Show. Brought to you by Stubbs Cycles. Still rolling strong after 50 years. And Cypress Wood Golf Club. Experience the difference. Now, here's Doug Pike. Hang on, a flying chapstick. Okay, here we go. All right, now I'm ready. Second hour starts. Off we go. I can't walk out the door without a chapstick in the morning. And I keep a spare in the truck. There may be two spares in the truck, just in case I lose my other spare. Patrolman Chris weighs in. He took off for the, the bread basket of America to go do some pheasant hunting farmland as far as the eye could see they got a few birds and then on monday he notes and sends a picture says here we woke up monday morning to this and this is a bunch of snow covered ground north wind it says blowing at 16 temps in the teens wind chill zero or lower needless to say oh not needless to say, hopefully there was a little discussion at least. Needless to say, writes Patrolman Chris, we decided to pack up camp and head home. But it was a great weekend. Of course it was a great weekend. You were hunting in the 
the middle of America with hunting pheasants with a bunch of your buddies. Of course, it was a great weekend. Use that north wind to get some good gas mileage on the way home. Kind of like a goose flying low. Yeah, that's a pretty scene. It's a pretty scene if you want to make a snowman. But for a pheasant hunt, you add what I'm looking at here with uh, a strong north wind and temps in the teens. And I think I, too, would have had to kind of ease on toward the truck. You didn't even have to say anything, probably, under those circumstances. Everybody just looks out the door. And they kind of look at each other. This is how it would go down in, in most of the deer camps I've been in. You look out the door or hunting camps of any kind. Everybody looks out the door. Nobody really says much. And you just start packing your stuff. That says it all. You just start packing your stuff. Well, we're, we're going to go home, I think. So here are the stories I was going to tell you. First, the the Thanksgiving dinner, by the way. The American Farm Bureau Federation, at least we know who, did this annual study on how much it should cost to serve Thanksgiving dinner for 10 people this year. How much should it cost? You go to the store, you buy all your stuff. How much should it cost? The total, I would have been way off on this, and I would have guessed on the side of having to spend more. It's it's been a while, I'll confess, since I went and bought a turkey and all the trimmings. Okay, but here it is. Thanksgiving dinner for 10 people, $48.90. That's a turkey, the sides, the dessert. And that's down 22 cents from 2017. So you're eating for 10 people, you're eating for less than five bucks a piece. And that... I mean, that, add a loaf of bread to that. Now you've got sandwiches for the day after Thanksgiving when you're watching football. And With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Still a little bit more to pick at for a couple of days. You buy a big enough bird. Ten people. I think you're going to. Is one turkey enough for ten people? I'm not sure. I'm thinking about Thanksgiving's past around here at my mother-in-law's house and my, my sister-in-law's house. We got eight or ten people sitting around there before all when all said and done. Two, four, six, yeah, about eight or nine. And we could, yeah, we could wear out one bird pretty quick. So maybe, maybe you buy a turkey and a chicken, and you take it. You go ahead and spend that five bucks a person. You get a turkey and a chicken. Now you got plenty. Or you could do one of those turducken things. So here's here's a better story, and, and then we'll get back to the outdoors. I got to go with this one. If you'll recall, and a lot of you will, Mike missed it, but that's okay. So I'll tell you what was going on, Mike. This guy, uh, all over the country, this thing goes viral in a heartbeat that a homeless guy had given his last 20 bucks. Where he got 20 bucks, I'm not so sure. But he gave his last 20 bucks to a woman who was out of gas and needed to get home. And I don't remember what all of the backstory was about her. Maybe she had to go pick up the kids from school or whatever it was. But he did that. And so she and her husband started a GoFundMe campaign 
to help this guy who was down on his luck. Okay, they end up raising four hundred grand, four hundred thousand dollars, and a some follow up took place, and all of a sudden it looked like, hey, wait a minute, they didn't give all that money to that guy. What's going on here? A little more follow up, a little more investigation, until finally this week, turns out the three of them were in cahoots from the beginning, dreamed up the story let it get online, and we're going to split all the money. Now they're all going to Wow, so there's no homeless guy that paid $20? No. Well, That's yeah, ridiculous. I mean, the guy is real, but it wasn't his last 20 bucks and all of that. So they're all going to get an opportunity. Maybe, who knows, depending on which jail they go to. Maybe they can all just live out a few few years together. That reminds me of, like, there was a story of Justin Bieber eating a burrito sideways, and it turns out it was completely staged. It just seems like people are doing that nowadays. Like, oh, well, yeah, there's a lot of that. There, there's a lot of fakery going on on the Internet, trust yeah. me. A whole lot of that. And uh, one of my one of my son's friends has an app on his phone, it's some sort of a hacking thing, where he can tap and Yeah, you're nodding your head. You've heard of that, haven't you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know when we're going to come back around to being just a good, honest, moral country, but I hope we do it soon. Speaking of, I have some good news about Game Wardens. Where's my Game Warden copy here? And actually, I think it was Rudy sent me a copy of a story that I had seen earlier in the week. Game Wardens pulled over or stopped some guys. Yeah, Mojo, that was a true OMG. Yeah, 400 grand, and it was all a total sham. From the get-go. So this game warden, uh, the story Rudy and I looked at earlier in the week, comes out of the Beaumont Enterprise. That's where my buddy Robert Sloan uh, either is or was. I can't remember. Maybe he wrote it. No, it doesn't say who wrote the story. Not here anyway. Uh, it doesn't even show the whole story, but I can tell you what happened. So this game warden is is running Highway 73 over there on Saturday and sees these Traditionally, shrimp bags. There's kind of a turquoise-colored plastic bag in the back of an unmarked truck. So he pulls them over. Says, hey, uh, what you got there in the bags? Turns out what they had in the bags was 109 illegally caught flounder, 59 of which, it says here, were undersized, two oversized redfish, and 19 uh, they call a lightning whelk snail, which is a, a shell that's kind of like a conch shell looking thing. And the game warden, you don't typically see that amount of, amount of flounder in one place. Well, no, you don't. And in November, the limit, in case they had been fishing legally, the limit is two, if we'll all recall. You can keep two flounder in November. They have to be 14 inches long. So these guys are looking at, uh, and bear in mind, each of those fish is a charge. Each of those fish individually, when you when you catch guys like this, they're going to sit there and write individual tickets, individual, well, they may not have to put them on individual citations, but nonetheless, each of those fish is a case. So they're going to be looking at a lot of money, anywhere from 25 bucks to 500 per, Plus civil restitution. 
Now the twenty-five to five hundred uh, probably is going to be is going to be bargained down by some attorney they'll hire, but it'll still be a pretty significant amount of money. And even if even if somebody just dropped those charges, they're still responsible for civil restitution because those fish were in their possession. Caught two other parts of one tag. Yeah, the red drum, redfish tags. Tag on the license says you can you can catch one, but I'm not so sure they even had that. And the good news is that the fish were donated, so at least there will they won't be wasted. They were still fresh and ready to go. But man, what made them think that that was okay? What on earth makes anybody think that that's okay to just be driving around with how many was it? Hundred? Where'd it go? Where's the line? Hundred and nine. 109 flounder, couple of guys. So hopefully they'll, hopefully they will get jail time for this. Honestly, it's not enough to just make a guy write a check for that. He needs to sit somewhere and think about that. If you got it, if the limit's two and you pull over two guys and they've got three apiece, uh, write them a ticket. Tell them not to do it again. And maybe or maybe not they'll learn their lesson. But when you've got 109, that's a very blatant disregard for the law. That's a that's a I don't care. And and there's a a rougher way to to say that that a lot of you will understand what I'm thinking right now. But we have kids in the audience. But that's just one of those to to the authorities, to the resources of this state, and to the people who live in this state in this country. That's just a big so what we don't care. Um, but the people on the right side of the law do care. And when we catch you, we're going to take that book and throw it at you. Hopefully 109 times. Well, what if they get a 50 bucks a piece, 109 times 50, that'll be a pretty nice chunk of money. Be a pretty nice chunk of money. Thousands of dollars a piece plus civil restitution. I'll take that. Texas game wardens were honored this month at the 14th annual Law Enforcement Division Awards Ceremony for some of the things they do other than write tickets to people who have too many flounder. There were some really interesting uh, things that cases that game wardens ended up neck deep in. I'll tell you about a couple of them anyway that really, really caught my eye as above and beyond what you would think game wardens do when we come back from this break. A minute now, though, for Shooter's Corner on Palmer Highway at 29th Street in Texas City. That, by the way, a place where a game warden or anybody else who wears a badge for a living gets a discount, as well they should. Shooter's Corner, owned by a buddy of mine, Jerry TK, and his son, Jay. Jerry, one of the best gunsmiths I know. Jay came up under Jerry, so you know he knows what he's doing as does everybody else who works in there with them. There's just a handful of guys in there. It's not a huge store. No no name tags, nobody in a uniform walking around. It's just people who like to shoot, like to hunt. And they swap stories about shooting, hunting all day long. You go in there to buy a box of ammo, you're in there for an hour. Because somebody said, hey, what you shooting? Where are you going? You done any good? You like competitive shooting? You like target shooting, you're thinking about some self-defense, you're going deer hunting, you're going duck hunting, what are you doing? And all of a sudden you're telling stories with somebody who likes the same things you like. This is a family-owned and operated business for 38 years. They have made a lot of friends down there, believe me, from and not just from people in Texas City. There are a lot of guys I know who drive all the way to, to Shooter's Corner because they know what they're going to get. 
They know exactly who they're going to talk to and what they're going to get. Shooter's Corner, Palmer Highway, 29th Street. You can call them if you want, 281-474-9494. I strongly recommend, though, going into the store and just getting a vibe for it, getting a feel for it, understanding how passionate these guys are about shooting sports. Jerry and JTK, good guys. Shooter's Corner, Palmer Highway, 29th Street. Tell them I said hello. We'll take a break here. Be right back, 816. This is Sports Talk 790. The Houston Sports Fan on air and on Facebook. Make contact. Back to the Doug Pike Show. It's a hard rock song there. You think my people can't take it? We can take that, man. We can handle that if you want to run it. That's fine. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Ah, Mojo, I think somebody got to you a little bit real quickly. I will say Mojo sent me a story, and I checked it out, and unfortunately, it's, it's a fake. It's a fag. It says, was a man free, man freed after outliving 99-year prison sentence. First guy in America ever to outdo that, you know, outlive a 99-year sentence. Unfortunately, it's not a true story, but they pegged it as somebody in Texas. Doggone it. We don't want to hear about false stories coming out of Texas. There already are plenty, plenty, plenty of, of bad news stories all over the place. We don't need any more of those. So, anyway, sorry about that, Mojo, but it was kind of cool. These game warden stories are perfectly true. I'll I'll give you two highlights. This past March in Bowie County, uh, a game warden arrives at a scene where th- he's told that the, the victim of a shooting has already passed away on the scene and that the, the bad guy is holed up in the house. Barricaded in the house, but the game warden saw the the victim move and make a sound. Heard him make a sound, so he got local police to cover him with a little bit of fire, I would imagine, and took off running, grabbed the victim, and got the victim out of harm's way. Provide says here provided critical first aid until EMS arrived on the scene, and then the warden went back and coaxed the suspect to surrender peacefully. So. Pretty happy ending when the police on scene had already said, oh, no, the victim's a goner, and, and we got this guy holed up. I think that certainly qualifies as heroic action. On Lake Tawakany, back in April, wardens responded to a 911 call of a boat capsizing in heavy wind. Man trapped under the bow of the upturned vessel with aid from a helicopter Wardens rescued the guy who was soaked in gasoline and suffering from hypothermia. Learned that his brother also was on board. They went back to the lake, found the brother clinging to a floating buoy, and got him in safely before things took a a very nasty turn. There's a couple more of them here. Uh, One of them saved a nine-month-old from nearly drowning. Uh, There's all kinds of first aid given to crash victims because the, the game wardens are driving around just like other law enforcement all the time. They're out there trying to keep us out of trouble and find the bad guys who are, turn that off, 
I'm having a little talk with with Junior here about iPads. There's a there's a time limit, and he has exceeded his time limit for this morning. Yeah, don't look at me like that. We still don't have what is that game called? What's that game all y'all play? Fortnite. We don't have Fortnite allowed in the house yet, and I don't think we ever will. That's the only thing that's keeping him from being on that silly thing all the time. I, I love the internet. I love the apps that are available to us as outdoorsmen. There are some great ones. There are some great hunting apps, great fishing apps, great apps to tell you when to go hunting and fishing, uh, great instructional videos at YouTube, millions of them, to tell you how to fish and catch more fish, how to tie knots. All of that stuff is out there for the good. And then there's this gaming stuff, which I don't know that there's any particularly redeeming social value to any of that at all. I don't I'm I'm trying to find the value and the, the legitimate value, not just money for people who make the games. And I, I'm I, I scratch my head. Well, I don't think about video games often, I can assure you. But I have to wonder what 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 will be thought of us a hundred years from now? This this little period we're going through where you can make a living playing a video game. And that that's your profession that you put on your tax return is video gamer. Not doctor, not engineer, not plumber, not electrician, not teacher, but video gamer. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. About hunting guide. How about fishing guide? I wonder if those professions will will make it through. There's a story I want to go back to, by the way, in a, in a minute or so. I got by email yesterday. Uh, here's where Patrolman Chris weighed in. Everybody's home safe and sound. That's good. That's good. Anybody, Anytime somebody leaves and takes off and runs that far halfway across the country, uh, especially my audience, I want them back. I want them all back in one piece. So that's good that they made it back. I'll be looking for this story when we go to this next break, by the way. Uh, it's something I want to bring up about hunting, and it's a little farther down in here, I think. No, wait a minute. Here we go. I'll, I'll start here, and I would love to hear how you guys feel about this. So there is in, where is this? There's a, a photograph here, and actually there's a video of it, I guess. Says outrage as rare white lion auctioned off to be shot by trophy hunters. Uh, animal lovers want to move into a sanctuary. Authorities in South Africa have instead announced he will be sold at auction. This is an older male lion, and of little of little value to the conservation of the species. I'm going to double check this during the break to make sure this one also is. A legitimate story or perhaps maybe something just just stirred up by a wildlife group wildlife advocacy group i'll do that during the break let's talk to james real quick and then we'll take that break what's up james hey uh, I, I see you responded back on facebook thank you sure, when i man. wish you happy birthday thank you hey Hey, by the way, I want to wish you and uh, your family and uh, the person the call screener i just wish them a happy thanksgiving that's mike um, he's a good dude and, you know, uh, many years I've been going out to Eagle Lake to uh, sell golf balls, get yeah. golf balls out of that golf course. Sure. And I, I have seen where we had a lot of rain. Mm -hmm. There was a, I mean, the field was just on the left uh, going into Eagle Lake. Oh, my gosh. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Completely. Yeah, uh, okay. Just like pure white. On 3013 there? Yeah, uh, you know, it's the only road I know that goes from Sealy to uh, Eagle Lake. Yeah, just it's, south it's, of Sealy? Yeah, yeah, it's a 20-mile stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to take that all the time when we had places down in Egypt and, and uh, Eagle Lake to hunt. Man, it was a long I'm, drive. Field. Boy, it was cool. Yeah, I know. But I haven't seen it like that no. in many years, you the, know? The geese have relocated. Most of them have, anyway. We get a few. There's a, there's a legitimate hunting down around El Campo. And on some of that prairie, but not near the magnitude that it used to be. Yeah. Um, and is that because of the water? No, it's, far, it's farming practices. There's no more rice. There's very little rice being grown, and they love that rice, man. Well, that means going down towards Corpus Christi would be a you-know-what. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, it, up, you have to go up, really, into Arkansas. You'll find a lot of rice. And, and uh, there's, some, there's a little bit more being grown around here now, but not nearly to the scale it was back in the— 60s yes. through about the 90s. Well, thanks for educating me on yeah, stuff, man. you know. I appreciate it. You have Try. a good holiday. Thanks, James. Good luck to Bye-bye. you, man. Stay safe. Yeah, I was thinking about James the other day when I saw a snake in a in a golf ball pond or a golf pond. Yeah, buddy, there it was. Speaking of golf, by the way, I talked to Chad Marty the other day. He's got a lot of good things going on. He's got several demo days coming up out there. I'm sure they're all listed at his website where you could check that, or you could just take advantage of a day like today when it's going to be darn near 80 degrees. Get out and work on that game of yours. Chad Marty is a third-generation pro who would love nothing more than for you to come by, get a bucket of balls or two, and then maybe even sign up for lessons or sign up somebody you care about for lessons. Maybe you want them to be a better golfer. You've given up on your own game. I'm not there yet, but, boy, it's frustrating to hit the ball so well on the range and then just stink it up on the course. 80, 180 yards of lighted tee area at Marty Golf Center and open at night, lighted tee area. Derry Ashford at Beach Nut, convenient to everybody on the west side of town knows where that corner is. And if you don't, just drive around the west side of town at night and look for that big, bright part of the sky and just follow the lights over there to Marty Golf Center. Great short game area, great putting area. And as I said, Chad, a great teacher. You can get lessons for anybody and everybody in your family over there. And, hey, the holidays, that's a great thats a great little Christmas present. It's a great little gift to give to anybody you know who wants to be a better golfer. Marty Golf Center, Derry Ashford at Beach Nut. Anytime you want, you can go check out everything he's got going on, including those upcoming demo days at MartyGolfCenter.com. That's MartyGolfCenter.com. We're breaking. Be back 831. We are Sports Talk 790. Houston Sports, where you go with an iHeartRadio. Now, now, get more, Doug. Eight thirty-four on Sports Talk 790. I wonder if I can get some interest in this topic, okay? Kevin Scott sent a picture 
of a deer that was shot in Michigan recently. Huge. Abs- I mean, beyond huge. This is one of the biggest racks of antler I have seen in ages. And it's on a it's on a really big Michigan buck that probably weighs 300 pounds to begin with. And unless this guy is, is Jose, Jose Altuve's size, he just looks like an average dude. And even if he's not, this is still one of the biggest sets of antlers I've ever seen. Free-range deer, got it with his bow. Congratulations to him. And there are already a couple of people who weighed in. I guess they just troll around. They just troll around looking for something to get mean about who didn't like him doing this. It's a great it's a great shot at a great animal. It's going to feed his family for a long time. Why not? Perfectly legal, perfectly fine way to to manage that herd. I also got a picture recently and I can't remember it may have been actually it may have been Rudy. Rudy finds a lot of this stuff. It may have been Rudy who shared it, but of a a buck at one of these farms where they're they're growing bigger and bigger and bigger sets of antlers and then selling um, the parts to make big antlers to other people on other ranches. This this buck had, I want to say it's more than 500 inches of antlers. Now, the one this guy shot is a free-range deer. More power to him. That's great. It's a big old buck, and he's got big antlers, and this guy is rightfully happy about it, even if a couple of people don't like it. That's too bad for them. Nobody's asking them to go out there and hunt, but just get out of our way when we do. And by the way, there are laws against harassing hunters in Texas, and there's a couple of stories I have about that uh, for another time. So how big is big enough, and at what point do do deer hunters, even the deer hunters who can afford to go shoot these bigger and bigger and bigger bucks, say, okay, that's enough. This deer can't even pick his head up off the ground. That's enough because that 500-inch set of antlers is is just freakish looking. It's just freakish looking, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure that's the way I want hunting to go because if it goes that way, then we're going to have a harder time defending defending the game management side of that. You're managing this herd for antlers more than for carrying capacity. Yeah, the, the free-range deer, you put protein all over the place. You grow some bigger bucks. You hope they stay on your place long enough to get them. Or even if you've got a high-fence place, you've maybe worked with the native herd that you had when you started and just and worked really hard for years to enhance the potential for those deer. But when you're... When you're bringing in, bringing in genetics, and creating this Frankensteinian 500-inch set of antlers, on that's that's one buck we're talking about. That's not three good ones. That's not three 160s. That's one 500-inch deer. I don't know. I don't know necessarily that that's what I would really want. In fact, I know it's not what I would want because it just it isn't an accurate um, reflection of what 
what nature can produce. Now this this guy's deer from Michigan is is crazy big, and more power to him. It's got it's got the mass of a baseball bat, pretty much all the way out to the tips. It's got some palmation in the main beams and in a couple of the the tines that just make it bigger than it even should be. It's going to have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, probably about 18 or 20 scorable points on it. And it's just big and wide and heavy from the bases all the way out to the tips. It's going to score huge. I, I haven't even fathomed a guess as to where it'll go. But is it? And that's good. That's a free-range deer. More power to him. Now, if you've got a ranch where you've got a relatively small amount of acre of acreage, and you've got twenty deer in that class or forty deer in that class walking around there, is the hunting experience the same? And should it be the same? Should we ever? Here's a question: Should we ever consider? regulating the the antler industry the buck farming industry because there's 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 regulation now there's regulation now but at what point uh do we ever say enough's enough and we certainly haven't said that yet we haven't said it yet so soon we do i maybe maybe we'll see how do you guys feel about that? Shoot me an email, dougpike at iheartmedia.com. Give us a phone call, 713-212-5790. Oh, man. Who shot that pig? That's a that's about the right size right there. <laughs> Steven weighs in. It may not be an 8 or 10-point buck, but we've been after this guy for four months now and finally got him. It's just a pig. Man, that's a lot of work to get that pig. That's a satisfying hunt right there. That's very satisfying. Hey, Tony, what's up, man? Well, sounds like they're doing hey, good Box. pig hunting, but we've had to move out since Hurricane Harvey, and we're waiting for them to uh, – it's kind of like fire ants and gophers. We didn't yeah. have a lot of them for a long time. They'll be back. The pigs, They'll be back. The pigs don't ever disappear. They just they just hide. They relocate, yes. What's going on, man? Uh, kind of a decent hunt this morning with it being right. as still as it was. We didn't – you Marvin, you be quiet for a minute. If he would learn how to teach his dog his name, where when it's called, it comes back, we wouldn't have near as much front wheel. Load up the ATV, and the dog disappeared. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, he's a good boy. Come here. I said, quit telling him he's a good boy. He's a turd right now. Yeah, that, And uh, if we don't get him boy. back in the truck, we're going to leave him out here until lunch. Yeah, just let him sit there till his dog comes. We'll come back in a couple hours, check on yeah. you, bring you something. We'll come back, bring you, bring you a water burger. Mm-hmm, bring you. You can have dog leashed up by then. Holy cow! So uh, we're going to go have dog trainer lessons this week That's on how to plan. how to handle your dog That's and quit giving them six commands. The only time Bo ever ran away from me, and he didn't run away. He was just chasing a, a crippled pintail that this guy shot. Across a, a muddy plowed field. It was nasty, but there was a nice little flat out in there, and the ducks were eating the place up. And the dog takes off and runs over three or 400 yards of mud and then disappears into the brush. And 20 minutes gone later, I'm kind of getting worried, honestly. And these hunters are going, hey, man, where's your dog? We need him back here. And I said, you know, if you would 
if you would knock these ducks down, he would have stuck around. He's not coming back without that duck. You know, and behind me, I've got my fingers crossed, you know, hoping for the best. Yeah. I don't want to go chase him across 400 yards of mud. And about a minute or two after that, out pops this teensy, tiny little black dot on the horizon. And as it gets closer, you notice something brown and white hanging out of his mouth. And he's on his way back with that duck. He'd been ch- That duck was still alive, and he'd been chasing it in that brush for 15 minutes, man. <laughs> but he got him. Yeah, well, I good pulled luck something. with that. I pulled something this morning that one of my teachers would have been proud of. Roy Vossel and Bob Brister, who taught me about trap shooting and sure. skeet shooting. I flat overswung a duck this morning. It, it almost changed direction on us right there in the decoys. Yeah. And Roy had always told me, just swing right back where you were. And I did. And roll that bird over. And everybody in the blind said, we just knew you missed him. I said, why? I hadn't shot yet. <laughs> yeah, really, man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think of those two gentlemen very fondly. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Good guys, man. Tony, good luck good day, finding Forrest. that dog, buddy. Take care. All right, man, I'll see you. Adios. I want to take, uh, oh, gosh, Alex and David, hang on, man. I want to knock this break out real quick. I'll get to you as soon as we get back, I promise. I don't want to get too late, though. Belleville Meat Market wants you to come out today, grab a little something to eat while you're on the patio out there after you've handed off your meat order for the next week or two. Maybe grab a little something for Thanksgiving. Throw it on the grill. Turkey, schmirky, huh? You can eat a steak for Thanksgiving. There's nothing wrong with that. You can put a big ribeye on the grill and eat that instead if you want to. Maybe bring home some sausage for breakfast. Maybe bring home a couple of chickens. Three chickens probably equals about one good turkey. You'll find it all out there at Belleville Meat Market, plus all the appetizers, the premium sausage flavors, and, of course, wild game processing this time of year is all they do in that new building they built across the street. Three lanes of parking over there. You can put a bunch of trucks out in front of that that processing building. And when you drop that meat off, you just go right through the front door. It is a red carpet experience, as Jared likes to say, at Belleville Meat Market. You drop that meat off a few days later, it comes back completely uh, as you wanted it, exactly as you wanted it. Your meat's followed by a barcode. Every time it gets split into a different bin to go get something else done to part of it, it carries that same barcode, so it all comes back to you. Belleville Meat Market, about 15 minutes north of Sealy, 15 minutes south of Hempstead. Very convenient, right in the middle of the little town of Belleville. Or 24-7, if you want to check out the online shopping, you can do that, too. Boy, they got some good stuff. That premium sausage goes well for a little online gift, maybe to yourself. That's okay, too, at Belleville Meat Market. BellevilleMeatMarket.com is the website. Belleville meatmarket.com break and be back this is sports talk 790 breaking sports news on facebook 24 7 we'll get that information to them this is the doug pike show Eight fifty on sports talk 790 not going to waste any time we got a couple of guys we need to get to we'll start with alex and go to david what's up alex Hey, Alex. Uh, Doug, good morning. This is Alex. Uh, first you. time caller. I uh, just want to tell you that I love your show. Thanks, Very man. informative, especially Appreciate for it. someone who's new to hunting. So good. Th- th- thank you so much. Quick question for you. Uh, I fell in love with hunting so much that I bought a 70-acre property in Palfurias, Texas. Oh, good for you, uh, man. You know, I put trail cameras. Sure. Uh, the mature deer come out at night. Oh, yeah. But it's pretty frustrating because in the last two years that I've been there, uh, you know, those big bucks don't show up in the morning. No, they so, don't. So I'm trying to see maybe any advice or, you know, like when the rut 
actually occurs in South, you know, the Falfurias area. Of South yeah, Texas. you got you got a little time before that. You got another. Yeah, I'd, I'd start looking like toward the end of this month, maybe early December. You'll see a little more activity out of it. Something else you need to do probably, Alex, is hunt not in the traditional hours of early and late. Get out there, get in your stand, maybe at 9 o'clock in the morning, even if you can't stand to stay out there all day. But mm-hmm. climb in that stand at 9 o'clock and sit around there in the middle of the day, close to where those deer have been, and be super quiet, super cautious getting in and out of that stand. I, I don't like to be driven up to any stand where I'm going to hunt. I want to walk in at least the last 150, 200 yards, even in pitch dark. I don't, I don't I, want any vehicles around that thing. I don't want any noise around that thing. I'll just tippy-toe, go get in the box, or get up on the tripod, whatever it is, get up in the tree, and just mm-hmm. sit there. But if you do that in the middle of the day, take some lunch with you, and don't be scared to get out of the stand. There's there's a lot of research that says it's okay to to um, to use the facilities, as it were, out there you, because, yeah. you know, they they don't know what that is. They, they know it's a weird smell, and they kind of recognize it, but it's not – it's not something that's going to spook a deer necessarily. So just I got stay out in the field when those deer don't expect you to be there. They know you're there early and they know you're there late. If you get out there in the middle of the day, you'll start seeing more of those big bucks because they're moving at night and then they, they rest in the morning when the does and the little bucks are running around and you're seeing all of them. And then mm-hmm. they'll, move, they'll move again in the in the middle of the day a little bit when they wake up and get hungry. Okay. Thank right. you. I really appreciate it. I'll try yeah. that. Thank Good you. luck, man. Let me know how it turns out. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. sure, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, David, what's up? Hey, not much, man. I was just going to say on them big bucks, you know, that big one you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, my dad had shot one up in Iowa back in the early 90s, and it was a Boone and Crockett, not nice. typical. You know, I think it scored like 225. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've been five eights or something. A beast, yeah, no he, doubt. He, uh, he had people wanting to buy the mount from him when they found out how big it was because it dressed at 300. That's a big deal. You know, and he goes, no, he goes, man, this is a lifetime buck. You know, and that was the last time he ever went hunting, you know. Wow. He goes, he goes, no, but yeah, I worked on a little place out over here in Waller. It was a deer farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had the Canadian bloodline still in before you couldn't bring any uh, the bloodlines in from out of state. Right. And uh, they had monster racks every first cold front of the year. We'd go out and saw the horns off the bucks. Wow. And just, you know, there would be monster racks you know but they all keep them they got to be tagged and uh then they take them to somebody from a&m would come down and storm and stuff like that so yeah that's it it's a big business now there's no question about it and and i understand that everybody wants bigger bucks i do i get it and and i've man i've been around some big trophy rooms and i love seeing them all and i love hearing the stories of hunting them all but there's still something for me that just you know, I like being on a, a wide open place and right. hoping against hope that it's my yeah. day to see the buck nobody else has ever seen on that place. That's know? that's it. That's that's, that's what cool. it's about. That's yeah, it what really is. all about. Yeah, you that's know? exactly right. It's not about looking at a 
a slideshow of all these deer on a place, and yeah, I'll take that one. How much is it? Yeah. That's just kind of bragging, bragging rights. That's all yeah. it is. Well, and some of these guys, I've talked to the guys, like the guys who um, guided down at the Sombrerito, Bill Carter's place before he passed right. away. Uh, a lot of these people will come down and they'll maybe have a little too much to drink the night before, and it's hard to even get them out of bed and get them in a stand. And yep. they get up there and they fall asleep in the stand. Guide's got to nudge them, and then, there's your deer, man. Shoot that deer as a yeah. good one. Yeah. And by the time they get home, they, you know, they. They killed it with their bare hands after crawling through the brush in a camouflage, oh, yeah. camouflage yeah. boxer shorts, you know? Yeah, it's like a big fishing story, yeah, how they, big of a fish yeah, was it. Yeah, they so. get bigger and bigger, man. <laughs> well, you gotta you got to justify it. And, and some people don't have the time to to uh-huh. to build out a place and wait. And, and I respect that. Go hunt wherever you want to go hunt, man. It's all, it's all fair <laughs> game, but there's still something to be said for actually hunting, too, and and oh, a lot yeah. of that that skill is being lost on a, on an entire generation of hunters because you can just you just go to a place and especially in Texas you sit under a feeder yeah. and wait for them to come to you. And that's a sad thing about it. I still have a lot of friends up in the Midwest, and a lot of these big game people and stuff are going up there and leasing all the land. So it's driving the hunt. People that live up there can't find a place to hunt anymore because you know they want the you know the big west uh, Midwest monster bucks you sure. know and the local people up there. Can't find a place to hunt anymore because the go. farmers are going, hey, man, you know, they're going to lease my land for, you know, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, to bring yeah, people it's, in. And yeah, it's it just, hard to invite your neighbors over when there's a guy from out of town has got a $30,000 check in his hands. Yeah, and that's true. Sure. And so, all right, buddy. Have a great day. It's different. Yeah, thank you, David. I appreciate it. Uh, bye. Yeah, I want to make sure that, that nobody thinks I'm bad-mouthing um, commercial hunting operations, because when they're done right, I have absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. I have enjoyed some really good hunts on those places, but I tend to, I tend to prefer to hunt on my own and I don't need, I don't want to guide in the stand. You tell me what's fair game and I'll make sure that I play by the rules or I won't shoot. If I'm, if I'm even halfway unsure about an animal, I'm not going to shoot it. Because I'm not going to miss a meal if I don't take that deer, and I'm not going to miss out on ever having been trophy hunting if I don't take that shot. And maybe by not taking that shot, maybe it gives someone else the opportunity to do it. We're, we're walking sideways into another question that I wouldn't mind discussing on a day like today, or maybe we'll drag it into tomorrow as well. And that question is, at what age... Do you introduce a young person, a junior hunter? At what age do you introduce them to 150, 170, 180 class deer? I've seen pictures, and more than one of them, of kids younger than 10 years old propped up against deer that are lifetime achievements for every other hunter, any other hunter. But boy, Dad wanted to give them the experience, and and that's okay. I get it, but I, I'm afraid that that's going. When you say, "Okay, now we're going to go, we're going to go hunt a spike next year for you," uh, that 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 bus has already left the station. There, no more of that. I got a 175 last year, Dad. Can you find me a 180 this year? I want it to get better. Uh, we we're all achievement based in in our in our mindsets and. And milestone-based as hunters and fishermen, I think. 
You start little and, and work your way up to big, but if you just jump over all the little and medium and go straight to big, it can be kind of tough. What's up, Brad? Hey, how you doing? Real quick, Good. I got online and found the 100 education course for my son. Excellent. I kind of noticed, and I, I haven't noticed this, but now they need a field day. Is that true, or uh, they have to be going go somewhere on a field day? Or does you, that count yeah. if, I, if I were to take him? I'm not sure how they've changed that because it used to be it was one day in the classroom and one day outside a little bit. Right. Um, but I haven't had to deal with it in so long. I honestly don't know. I'll, maybe somebody can help us out with it on today on the program, or I'll do some research and, and figure it out. I kind of put that in the, in the analogy if you want to compare of let me educate my own son on how to hunt instead of basically the government doing it. Well, I, I'm, I'm not trying to – yeah, uh, this yeah, is more I'm safety. That. I mean, I'm a pretty good – I've done this my life just as well right. as you have. But I think I can one-on-one. I mean, he's grown up around me hunting and fishing all his life. So Yeah, this is more safety stuff just to make sure that every hunter in the field – it's not a it's not a knock on your ability to teach your son anything. It's right. – what it is, is is insurance against somebody who's not as conscientious as you just throwing right. a kid out there and not telling him not to point guns at people. Right. Because that I, could I happen. It. Yeah, I get it. I'm, Don't take offense. Listening. I appreciate the show. <laughs> sure, man. Thank you, Brad. We'll see what we can find. No problem. Yeah, Brad's kind of like me. I, I want to be the guy who teaches my son everything, but I also will put him through that hunter safety education course because it's it's well worth the time that's invested, and it gives them a little skin in the game too. U.S. Coins will help you out if you've got some precious metals you want to sell or buy. You buy a little gold and silver for the holidays. That'd make a cool little gift for somebody, huh? Something that will enhance in value as time goes on, too. We can only hope. If you've got a coin collection you want to flesh out, maybe you want to sell it, maybe you just need an appraisal on it, U.S. Coins can help you with that as well. They're on the Katy Freeway, on the Katy Freeway just outside the loop near Voss. Inside there, you will also find, in addition to all the precious metals, in addition to all the coins, all the way back to the first coins that were minted in the United States, you also will find some estate jewelry, You'll find some watches. You'll find some incredible examples of Texas history all there at U.S. Coins. Just outside the loop near Voss, a big freestanding building. You can't miss it. 713-464-6868 or check them out online anytime at HoustonCoins.com. That's HoustonCoins.com. We'll break and be back. This is the Doug Pike Show. Brought to you by Stubbs Cycles. Still rolling strong after 50 years. And Cypress Wood Golf Club. Experience the difference. Now, here's Doug Pike. Nine o'clock hour starts now. It's the third and final hour of the program today. I'm going to... I'll give you a quick, uh, a quick update from the world of golf. We'll go to this leaderboard. God, I'm way back here. I have so many tabs open this morning, and I don't even know what half of them are. I'm going to take that one down. Uh, I windsurf, by the way. I checked the wind this morning. It's very light out of the east across the entire region. Uh, nothing to alarm anybody, change anybody's plans, unless you wanted to fly a kite today. That's not going to work out so well. I'm going to purge some of these, take that one down, take that one down. Fortnite, I'm taking down. I just, I just read a story. ESPN Magazine actually uh, did a feature on this guy. It called him a crossover star. It's gaming is not a sport. 
Anything you can do while sitting in a chair and not moving is it's just not it's not a sport, it's a game. And they the, the very na- video gaming, it's not video sports, but the guy is making three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a month playing those games. Playing Fortnite, that's all he does. So back to the RSM. The RSM Classic ongoing at Sea Island over in Georgia. Charles Howell III. I cannot read that man's name or say that man's name without thinking of Gilligan's Island and thinking of Thurston Howell III. Uh, Clearly, they're not related for all the right reasons. Charles Howell III at 14 under par through two rounds. A bookend pair of 64s. That's pretty doggone good. Jason Gore and Cameron Champ uh, at 11 under par apiece, each of them a sleeve behind. Nick Watney alone in fourth place at 9 under par. Ryan Blom, David Hearn, and Brian Harmon at 8 under par. Uh, scrolling, for, scrolling for notables, not finding much, honestly. Uh, no, nobody else's name needs to really come up. Cameron Champ continues to wow everybody with the length of how far he can hit a golf ball. There's a video up at, I don't remember where it was. It wasn't at PGATour.com. It was somewhere else. But he had a 221-yard par three. 221. Think about what club you would pull to hit at 221. And then know that Cameron Champ hit the ball to about two feet with my son guessed five iron. And my son was wrong. Cameron Champ went 221 with 7-iron, which to you non-golfers means absolutely nothing. To golfers everywhere, it means this guy hits it an absolute ton. An absolute ton. Yeah, this Rudy Rudy weighed back in. So we'll, there's a little bit more golf I want to talk about. There's that and that. And, yeah, I'll get back to that in a minute. I'm looking now, Rudy resent the picture of this 500-inch antlered buck. And I got to tell you, that's just the most freakish thing I've ever seen. And I'm not going to totally disagree with Rudy that it may border on animal abuse. When you see what this animal has growing out of its head and realize that it that nature typically would build maybe an eight-point buck, uh, rarely a 10- or 12-point buck, without kickers, without drop tines, without grotesque growth in all directions, you have to wonder. You just have to wonder whether that's the right thing to do. Going back to hunter safety, by the way, uh, I take every chance I get to not only preach it, but to also let all of you know when I see a story that really bothers me, that something that is entirely preventable, which is most most hunting accidents are entirely preventable. When you stop and look back at what happened and, and how somebody got hurt in a hunting accident, almost always could be prevented unless, unless there was some freakish wholesale malfunction of the mechanics of the rifle or, or 
pistol or bow or whatever was being used at the time. This particular story, let me get back up here to my internet stuff. There he is. Up in Michigan this past week, Antrim County. I'll read part of the story from who wrote this. It's just a out of Detroit News. It says, a deer hunter in the northern lower peninsula was shot to death Thursday on the first day of the opening of the open firearms hunting season, according to the Michigan Department of Natural Resources. This guy, 38-year-old man, pronounced dead at the scene. If you have kids in the car, talk to them about the importance of identifying your target. The importance of identifying your target. A 45-year-old man hunting nearby, but they weren't hunting together. And this is one of those cases that just absolutely drives me crazy. Uh, the quote is from a, a guy from the DNR, Department of Natural Resources, Lieutenant James Gorno. And I quote, the preliminary investigation looks like it was an unfortunate accident and one hunter mistook another hunter for a deer. End quote. There is not a person I know who looks like a deer if you take the time to look. I don't know any hunter who has four spindly legs and hooves and ears that big and a face that looks like a deer's face and any of that. If you look, you will see that you are not shooting at a deer if it, indeed it's a person in front of you. I don't care how much camo they're in. That's just the, the worst case of bad judgment that can ever happen in a hunting scene. You need to know not only what you're shooting at, but also what's behind it. When you're standing there with a rifle in your hands or a bow or a pistol or a shotgun, you don't just wheel and shoot at movement. And that's the only way you can mistake a person for a deer. It frustrates me. It truly does. Hey, Robert, what's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Mr. I'm Doug? good. I Thank you. Been a while I called you, man. Yeah, come on. Uh, yeah, I used to fish with uh, John Lopez and now he's got his own boat. So we, we hit it off. Good, man. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was calling, and this is the perfect time to call. I mean, I know you've had some calls about hunter safety for the young ones, yep. and this is something they will go over with them very detailed. Uh, I raised four sons. My youngest is now 21, and um, they, they uh, I weighed, I took them hunting with me in the blind and, and showed them how to be quiet right. and, and watch the world wake up. And that would probably start around six or seven years old. But as they got older and they got more interest in it, uh, they always got their their niche in fishing, but in, as far as hunting, I waited till they were thirteen and I uh, took them to hunting classes. Right. We did it. We did it with Texas Parks and Wildlife over here off of Highway ninety. Sure. East. And um, and let me tell you something. It was it was well worth it. It was two days. It was uh, two days back then. This was in early two thousand, and um, it was a field day and then a day in class. And um, everything they learned, it, it paid well in debit. Oh yeah. Trust me. Yes, yes, and and I always felt good about it, and uh, and I, I would have I would have suggested highly for other other uh, parents that are, want to take their kids out. Now, as far as shooting the deer, I don't have the big bucks, so I don't have to worry about them shooting a the trophy <laughs> trophy deer too far ahead of time. You know, but I, I tell you, you what, when they were fifteen and sixteen, they shot some nice eight and ten pointers. Those are great animals. Uh, they really and, are. And, yeah, 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 
And, and Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, we're, we, we hunted down in South Texas, then it got a little more expensive. So we hunted in Steely. A good friend of mine lets us hunt on his land and, you know, maintain it. And, um, uh, They've had a good time out of it, and, and it's well worth it, you know. And, and like I said, now they're both two of them. I got to brag a little bit. Two of them are now uh, well, one just finished, but they were both Army MPs, uh, SRT, and, good. and the snipers of their patrol or wow. their units. Thank yeah, them so for they, serving our country for me. Will you please? I, Seriously, I definitely will, man. They used yeah. to listen to they, we used to listen to your show along with the other competitor early in the mornings, driving out there or you know in the evenings, just yeah. catching. Just, just being the good old boys. You know? Yeah, good, man. You Sounds like you brought him up right, Robert. Thanks a ton, man. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you, Appreciate it. Yes, Appreciate sir. You do Bye-bye. work, man. Thank All you. Right. Let's go uh, catch Cliff before we take this break. What's up, Cliff? What's going on, Mr. Doug? I am trying to grind through to 10 o'clock. I'm actually feeling better. I, t- I talked earlier about being overserved at a barbecue buffet last night, and the only person you can blame. That happens. For, if you eat, overeat at a buffet, there's only one person who's to blame, and that's yourself. So, I'm, no, that's the I'm cook. feeling way better that's now. The cook. That's, it's the cook, Doug. They keep that stuff out there. <laughs> that's right. They keep putting it out. I got away. before I had, to, I had to leave before the blueberry or blackberry cobbler and pecan pie came out, or I'd probably be in a food coma right now, man. Oh, I would have taken the good. I would have taken the risk of exploding if, <laughs> if that was coming out. Really? I'm sorry. It's a chance you got to take. Um, you know? What can I do for you? Yep, it is. Okay, well, we're sitting here and we started talking about hunter safety. Yes, sir. And uh, I was... 18 years old hunting in South Texas in a brush blind. I made a good brush blind and had lots of deer that always came to it. Sure. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I hear the zip of a bullet and the crack right by my left ear. And had I been, you know, maybe an inch to the left, uh, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. Had that guy been a better shot, probably wouldn't be talking to you. What a. Well, come 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 to find out. It was one of a neighbor's kids who was upset that I was hunting the fence line. Really? Yeah. Ooh, holy mackerel. Yep. So, needless to say, we were around the same age. That youngster, uh, he, uh, he he didn't like the end result of what happened to him. I'll bet not. I'll yeah, bet my not. Dad could, my dad couldn't pull me off of him quick enough. Holy mackerel. Golly, what a doof, man. But he learned his lesson. Yeah, he learned his lesson. Golly, you're lucky he didn't, you know, man, you're lucky he did do what he did. And not, uh, yeah. Golly. I'm, so he was just firing a warning shot? It was firing a round off in my general direction. Golly. That's, it, that's it, so it, frightening. His, his plane was, I was trying to scare the deer off. No. Yeah. No, okay. he wasn't trying to scare deer, not shooting. How close did that bullet come to you? It was close enough that I could hear it pop yeah, when it went by. Man, oh, I man. I could hear it buzz and pop. Golly. And you, you, know what that, you know what the pop is. It's breaking the sound barrier sure. as it goes by your head. Mm. <laughs> wow, man. See, that, that's what a lot of people don't realize, too, about a, a rifle, Doug, is about 99% of all 
modern sporting rifles today, they're all supersonic. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about subsonic rounds, and, and there are advantages to both in particular situations. But, yeah, you're right. They're, they're fine, yeah, I, man. They're moving. I shoot, I shoot a 300 blackout, subsonic, suppressed. All you hear is the thump of the bullet and the cycle of the action. That's that it. is it. That's it, man. Nice and quiet. But, uh, well, Doug, I just had to, I had to get that yeah, in thank there you, for Cliff. you. And, and uh, talk to you later. That's a dandy, buddy. Thanks a lot, man. Holy cow. Gun safety. Thanks, Cliff. Gun safety. I'm, I'm glad you're here to tell that story. Uh, do I really need to tell this audience not to fire warning shots near people to scare them off? I, I don't think so. I don't, that's a lesson that, that should have been taught by that kid's parents before they ever let him touch a rifle. I don't care how mad you are at somebody. I don't care if they're hunting right in the middle of your place. If they built a blind right in the middle of your place and and hired 20 people to come hang out with them. On your place, you don't shoot at them. That's just not necessary. All right, let me pause for a second and tell you about Black Horse Golf Club. Reset. Man, I'm getting upset about this uh, hunter safety stuff. I'm getting up on the soapbox again. Maybe today I can go play a little golf at Black Horse. Who knows? I'm starting to feel better from that over-serving at the buffet last night. Black Horse Golf Club take care of you. If you want to pop out there and jump on the list, it probably wouldn't take long. Once we get through the early morning tee times on a Saturday morning, there'll be room. There's two courses out there, and there's always somebody who doesn't show up, or they can just kind of squeeze you in somewhere, you and a buddy. Maybe even a foursome for this afternoon. Come about noontime, you'll be able to get tee times out there. If you want to just go work on your game, they've got a great teaching staff out there, too, at the other end of the range, led by a guy named Marty Fleckman, former PGA Tour pro. He's got a great staff down there to take care of you. I play a lot of tournaments out there. I've got one coming up. Larry Durker here in uh, about two weeks, it looks like. Oh, not quite two weeks. Go out there, have a little fun, play a little golf, raise a bunch of money for charity. You can do that or just go out and knock it around with a pal on a beautiful Saturday like this at Black Horse Golf Club. To find out more, they're on Fry Road, by the way, just a little way south of 290. Didn't mention that. I have now. Blackhorsegolfclub.com is the website. Blackhorsegolfclub.com. Take a little break here. Be right back. Seven. Nine. This is Sports Talk 790. Houston Sports Online at sports790.com. Back. Back to the Doug Pike Show. Nine twenty four on Sports Talk seven ninety the Doug Pike Show. Thank you for listening. So I get this email from Roger a minute ago, and then I get another email say, "Hey, voice to text." And for those of you who use voice to text, you know that eventually, if you don't check every word that it types while you're talking, you will send something out that looks ridiculous and horrible and goofy and crazy. I caught one one time that I was sending to one of the little league team moms that misunderstood what I said to the point that had I sent it, it would have seemed highly inappropriate. I don't even remember what it was or I would share it because it wasn't that bad, but it just would have, I'm sure she would have looked and gone, okay, I'm just going to block his number. But it was the, the actual message I was trying to convey was totally innocent, but voice to text thought, I'll teach him a lesson. And so I've always been even more careful now. So so Roger sends this email, 
says, hey, Doug, in my earlier message, I was using voice to text. Some important words were left out. See if you would give a special salute to fathers or brothers or whoever is willing to postpone their hunting trips to watch their daughters play volleyball. State championships are on the line today. Uh, he continues, Vipe is broadcasting the 1 p.m. Needville State Championship match for Class 4A and 5A Ridgepoint in the 16 championship. I have heard from one of the women here has a daughter who plays in some of this high-powered volleyball. And in addition to having to go watch these volleyball matches, you also have to write big checks. It's more expensive than baseball. And I'm, for the life of me, I'm trying to figure out exactly what you're buying with volleyball because the uniforms, you, you don't have to buy cleats. I guess you're buying special I don't know if there are volleyball shoes. Wouldn't they be kind of like tennis shoes or basketball shoes maybe? Traction on the court, but that's about it. You have to have shorts and a shirt, and I, some of, I'm sure most of them should be wearing knee pads to be bouncing around on the floor like that. That's a lot of diving that could tear up knees. So you need that, and then you all play with the – you don't have to buy separate gloves or separate bats. So that's different. No helmets. So I don't know why they have to. I guess they're spending that much money on coaching. Coaching. And I I would bet you that a lot of high school volleyball players' parents are eyeballing that scholarship down the road. It's an investment, they say. I hear that from some baseball parents every now and then. Ah, we're investing. We're investing in his college education now so he can get a scholarship. Well, fingers crossed that you don't burn him out, keeping him on a field every day, all year round on two or three teams. Fingers crossed. Oh, wow. <laughs> Patrolman Chris just got a nice little holiday gift from a buddy. Said a good friend of mine gave me two bucks minus one. Yes, only one backstrap. So Chris is going to do the processing. Because he lives very far from Belleville Meat Market, obviously. He's down in Pearland. That would be a pretty good hike. Doing all the processing for this guy. Got, uh, Chris, really, you have to give him back more than just that one backstrap. Surely the guy will eat more than that. I think it's only fair that at least at least give him half of that part of the deer. Boy, talk about nice, quick freezer filler. That'll, that'll take up the space that he would have set aside for all the pheasants he was going to bring back from up north and didn't. Middle of the country got snowy and they had to leave. 713-212-5790. Email me, dougpike at iheartmedia.com. A couple of interesting conversation starters for today. I've given you a two. I'll find you another one. Oh, this is, this is interesting. There's a guy in Texas. Right here in our state, I haven't looked up the, the actual story, but he was accused of attacking his ex last year, I guess in 2017, and maybe it ended up in court this year. Or maybe they just mis miswrote or incorrectly wrote last year and meant uh, earlier this year. Anyway, he was facing 99 years in prison and got out of it because he was able to produce, this is the only time one of these has ever come in handy, I think, and legitimately handy, 
He was able to produce a selfie he'd taken at the exact time that she said he attacked her. Now, I don't know whether he's got a great lawyer who put holes in her story about when the assault took place. I don't know whether he's truly innocent because I don't know any of the details about the case other than what I just told you. But, hey, a selfie. A selfie kept that guy out of a potentially long, long time being put away. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. Most of what I'm getting now is just kind of sloppy stuff about press releases, about stuff none of us care about. I was telling a friend the other day, I get I get a lot of emails every day, a lot. And because I'm on so many different media lists because of my affiliations with magazines and uh, and the radio stations here, I even I get invited to a lot of parties in New York City because of my affiliation with Bonnier Corporation through Saltwater Sportsman and formerly with Field and Stream. I was on that masthead for twenty something years, so I see I see it all. But some of the best ones I get are the ones I want to see are the ones that come from you guys with pictures of deer and pictures of fish and smart things people do and dumb things people do. Holy cow, where is this deer from? Who sent that? Billy sends one. No, that's not the deer I was talking about. My word, what a buck. I don't know where this thing was taken, but it is probably one of the largest white-tailed deer I've ever seen. And not in a terribly cold setting, although the the tree next to it, next to the deer and the hunter, uh, looks like a fir tree. So it's going to be way north of here, I can promise you that. This is one of those deer that the antlers don't look as big as they are because the deer is enormous. This is a 350-pound, maybe even, uh, dare I say it, maybe closer to 400-pound whitetail buck. It's a big animal. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. No, that's not the one I was looking for, but thank you for the picture. I do appreciate that. Uh, you want to share a golf story? You want to share a near mid Boy, Cliff had the story. Somebody took a shot at him with a rifle to spook him out of a place he was hunting that was on his own place. Just a little, just a little too close to the fence line for a uh, a, the neighboring landowner's son. That was a bad thing. I'll talk to Rick for a second here. Hey, Rick, what's up, man? Hey, buddy, I got you on Bluetooth. Do I need to take you off? Can That's, you hear no, me? That sounds pretty good, actually. You're fine. Well, I was just was listening. I'm going to tell you a quick story. It, and all it is is a story, if you all got right. time. Yeah, well, I, I got time for a quick one. Well, you know what I do. I buy yeah. and sell ranches for people and right. represent buyers and sellers and all sure. that. And I had a guy call me that found a place out in uh, the hill country, and and uh, I will tell you, as much as I've seen in my time, I could write a best-selling book, I think. But I go out to this ranch. I've got these Google Maps of it, and it's like 1,500 acres. We're right in the middle of this 1,500 acres. I could see this fence on this, this satellite map. Yeah, okay. So I go up there by myself, which I don't like going on big property yeah, by bet. myself. Don't blame me. I'm on my Polaris. I unload, and I'm driving through this ranch, and I come to this fence in the middle of this ranch, and it's this fence is about three times as high as a as a high fence deer fence. Wow! 
and there's a gate, and it ain't locked. Yeah, and this okay. place was overrun and hadn't been taken care of, so I open the gate. I go in there. I start driving through there, and I come up on these these other pens, and I thought, you know, it's time to talk to this seller who lived in New York and uh, called him up, and I said, hey, I said, I've gone through this big fence up here, and I'm up here by these pens. I said, what the heck is all this? I'll bet you. Let me let me guess. He said, what pens? No, he oh, said, really? okay. that was, you're in the lion cage. Oh, whoa. We didn't tell you about that, huh? And my oh, next my next comment was, yeah. are there any lions out here? Just a couple. <laughs> and his answer was, we're not sure, but the neighbors say that they can hear them at night. Oh, my word, Rick. And, of course, I look down in my shirt, and I've got my little twenty two rat shot pistol just oh, to scare stuff off. Yeah, that's good. That'll work. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, a lion could take me off of this Polaris if he wanted to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were sizing you up. I'm a mile back in here. Oh, my God, man. I'm driving around. Well, now I get lost. (laughs) Oh, no, I get turned around. (laughs) And I, you know, the GPS isn't working. (laughs) I start back out, and all of a sudden I see this big pile of poop sitting right in the middle of the little trail. And I've never seen lion poop before. But I'm going to assume that it was. Yeah. And so I turned around. I started and thought, well, I've got to find the fence. If I can find the fence, yeah. I can find the gate, you know. Sure. So I come. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back out of there, and when I got out, there's this game warden sitting at the gate. Oh, boy. And he says, what are you, you know, you have permission to be on this property? And I said, yes, sir, I do. I said, uh, the owner sent me out here. He's thinking about selling this property. Mm-hmm. This is my, here's my business card. Yeah, sure. This is what I do. And uh, he said, did you see any lines out there? And I said, well, I saw what I think a line left in the middle of the road. Yeah. And he said, well, we're trying to find out if they're still out there or not. Holy cow. And he said, do you mind driving me around and let me look? <laughs> And I said, well, yeah. I said, I feel better you're with me. You got a little bigger gun than I got. Yeah. How about I just so loan we, you my, my Polaris for a few minutes? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, of course, I've got my little twenty two rat shot. I just, it's just something I keep with me. Noise maker. And, uh, yeah, something just, in case something wants to get after me, I might can stop sure. them. But anyway, we drive around and uh, we come up to this little spot anyway cut the long story short yeah i gotta get there's going. a lion in there holy cow wow man and, and so he took some pictures of it with his phone and we turned around and left and i went back out but anyway i just thought that was just kind yeah, of one of my favorite one. little stories that's and a that's the one, short boss. version one right, day man. i'll give you a long version buddy. all right fair enough thank you rick see you buddy i'll see Talk you man adios you bet wow that rick bice he gets himself into all kinds of little messes doesn't he Quick story for you. 
about Blackwood Gun Club up in Conroe. No lions. There are hogs on the place, though. When Jeff Bearden and I took a little tour of the place a couple of months ago now, uh, we turned a corner, and there was a big family of hogs cutting right through the sporting clays range. I don't know what the rules are about that, but a couple of them were just with tasty barbecue size, let me tell you. Two sporting clays courses, rifle and pistol range. Uh, they get deer walking through the range all the time, too. you got to be careful about that. They can handle large groups for corporate charity fundraising shoots or just you and maybe somebody else you want to go do a little plinking with. Now, they've got a deal going on. Let me let me go back to Mickey's email real quick, and I'll tell you. Uh, Mickey from up at Blackwood, Mickey Rankin, said, Jeff and I could dress it through the end of November. Drop my name when you go in there, and you can go shoot a rifle or a pistol. This is per shooter, per gun. Now, you can't go up there with a boatload of stuff and try to do this. But you just want to go and sight in your deer rifle, it's 10 bucks. 10 bucks to spend time on that range, make sure that thing's shooting straight. Maybe buy a box of ammo while you're there. Or if you want to go shoot sporting clays, you can get 5 bucks off a half round, 10 bucks off a full round, or more of sporting clays. So that's pretty good stuff. Nice little discount on a pretty doggone nice day to go do some shooting at Blackwood Gun Club, where you'll find, again, the rifle and pistol range, two sporting clays courses, nice selection of firearms, great selection of ammo, and professional instruction if you need it. That's kind of like golf lessons. Shooting lessons are a very nice holiday gift. Oftentimes, people won't buy those for themselves. They want to they wanna just think they can teach themselves to shoot. But if you buy lessons for them, just like a golf game, they will get better much faster if they're learning from a professional who can spot stuff that maybe their hunting buddies can't see in the way they shoot. 936-441-4040 or check them out online anytime at blackwoodgunclub.com. That's blackwoodgunclub.com. We'll break, come back to wrap it up. It's 938. Your Rockets and Astros live here. We are Sports Talk 790. The conversation continues. This is the Doug Pike Show. Forty-one on Sports Talk 790. This will be kind of a short segment. I went a little bit long in the last one. Oopsie daisy, huh? Hopefully management is Well, we'll still get in all our breaks. It'll be okay. I have a, a press release I got on the 14th of December. What would that be? Three days ago. And wanted to share with you. Is economic impact of public lands increases by $400 million in the first year of our new president's term this is from fiscal year 2017 and i'll just i'll read what it says here uh, the economic output of interiors federal lands and resources increased by 400 million dollars in that first year the number of jobs supported by our federal lands increased by 230,000 that's a lot the gains are due to it's, it should say attributable to Ain't do is like a bill. That's a, that's another little pet peeve of mine. The incorrect usage of the word do. Increased energy production revenues, regulatory regulatory reform, changes to land uses and access, infrastructure projects, and other factors. Anyone who grew up in the West, this is a, a quote from Secretary of the Interior Zinke Ryan Zinke says, "Anyone who grew up in the West can tell you that federal lands are working lands, and if managed properly, 
They support jobs and economic activity for communities and industries like recreation, energy, agriculture, and mining. It goes on and on. It, uh, he mentions the Gulf of Mexico, Alaska. He grew up in Montana. Uh, yeah, there's a whole lot that can be a lot of beneficial stuff we can get off our, our public lands. And they're, uh, in Texas, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that the U.S. had any public lands. We're 90-something percent private. Uh, a little bit more of that is state-owned, and then there's just a handful of federal wildlife preserves, uh, national forests. Not a lot. There's not a lot of federal land in the state of Texas. When you go up into the West and the Midwest, you start seeing increasing amounts of acreage, uh, most of which, frankly, is stuff that's that's fantastic for outdoor recreation, but really wouldn't be a good place to start a town. If they were good places to put towns, there would be towns there already, and they're just not. Uh, the the prime locations for those, like Denver sits in a nice, beautiful valley. There aren't a whole lot of beautiful valleys owned as barren land by the U.S. government right now. There's some awfully good trout rivers, though, some awfully good elk hunting, some awfully good deer hunting. There's some good federal land available for pheasant hunting, even although most of that is private farmland. But it's all out there in these big United States of ours. We've got some beautiful national parks uh, where the grizzly bears are going to explode in numbers, unfortunately, after a, uh, an effort to curb their expansion because they're already kind of capped out on carrying capacity. That effort fell aside this year when a judge said no to the hunting of two dozen grizzly bears. But I digress. We'll see how that works out. There was a, I saw a story about a bear attack this week, as a matter of fact, and I haven't dug around and gotten the details on it, or I would share it with you right now. But I didn't. Who said, here's a pop quiz, who said, I couldn't help myself, I just wanted a dog? I couldn't help myself, I just wanted a dog. Who said that? Mike, you have any idea whatsoever? You shouldn't. thought about it, and no. Uh... No, you shouldn't. A guy in Florida disguised himself, it says here, as a very convincing woman and used a stolen credit card to buy a puppy. And I'm guessing that's what he said when they arrested him. I'm guessing that's what he said. I just wanted a dog. But he went to a lot of effort. And my guess is that he was, here's my guess, and the, the conspiratory, conspiracy theory person that I am, I'm guessing he was going to buy that dog with the stolen credit card and had no intention whatsoever of keeping it any longer than it took him to resell it. But they got him. And I'm sure they got the dog back as well. That's the that's the happy ending to that story. They got the dog back. 713-212-5790. Oops, I'm looking up now, and, yeah, I'm getting a click in my ear, too. I know what that means. We do need to take this last break of the program, don't we? All right, we'll take a little break here. We'll come back, rack up wrap up i'll be back tomorrow tomorrow we're gonna dig into this tiger phil match i'm trying to find one person who cares so we can have a conversation about it one person who's gonna watch i don't know if i can do that we'll be back this is sports talk 790 on the go with iheart radio friends you've got to try it the conversation continues this is the doug pike show
cow. We're almost done, aren't we? Just got a couple of more seconds we can talk before we're going to have. We got, oh, no, we got more than that. We got seven or eight minutes left. That's good. Okay. Very good, then. I got seven minutes to talk about what we're going to do tomorrow and remind you what you can do today. If you look outside, you will notice it is not raining. It's not clear like it was the last couple of three days, but neither is it cold. We're looking at a high today creeping up. Uh, let me see if I've got a forecast still popped up here somewhere. Forecast, forecast. Is that it? Yeah, there it is. 10-day weather forecast. Today, today and today only. Come up. That's not it. Oh, I think I killed it. <laughs> Oops. I can go get it again. I have it right there. Today and today only, a high of 74 degrees under partly cloudy sky. Says here, zero chance. Somebody let me know if that goes awry. Zero chance of precipitation. Tomorrow, 50-50, high of 68. Getting a little more seasonal there. Then it cools down some more on Monday. Uh, then we kind of level out and we kind of creep back up on Tuesday. Wednesday, thunderstorms, 80% chance. There's a little front coming. You know that's what that means. Followed by partly cloudy with northeast winds. On Thursday for Thanksgiving, a 64-degree high, 54-degree low. That's really kind of going to be a nice day, I would think. A nice day for Thanksgiving. Which, by the way, according to this story we read earlier from the American Farm Bureau Federation, a dinner for 10 can and should be had for a grand total of about, what is it, $49. You ought to be able to feed the whole family for 49 bucks. That's extended family unless you have eight kids. I don't know many people who have eight. I do know one family that has five, and three of whom, three of whom are playing baseball, and the other two are younger twins. I don't know how they do it. I honestly don't. I've, I've lost sleep trying to figure out how on earth they juggle those schedules, keep all that laundry clean. My goodness, what a busy, busy family. A banking family, too. They're good with numbers, so maybe they're maybe they're that organized. Maybe they're mathematically bent and think about organization more than, more than I. Uh, you can take one look in my garage and know that I don't think a whole lot. I don't spend a lot of time pouring over the the ins and outs of organization. Stuff that belongs in the garage is in the garage, and I know it's out there, but over time, sometimes I kind of forget where it is because I'll move it around to make new make room for something new that needs to go in the garage. Some of my outdoor stuff that belongs indoors when it's not being used is still stored outdoors, but I babysit it as well as I can. That's something else I need to go through, and I, I will be... Uh, if I can remember tomorrow, I'll make a note here. I'll put garage on the on my notepad. And I would like to know who's got a very organized, outdoors-related garage. I'm not talking about somebody who hung a bicycle from the ceiling and calls that great and outdoorsy. I need room. I want to know the right way to store. Captain Scott Knoll would probably be a good source for this. I want to see a picture of his tackle room so I can model mine after that. I need to I need to store rods. I need to store reels. I need to store miscellaneous hunting gear, not the not the guns and ammo, but miscellaneous stuff out in that garage. Uh, yeah, everything that goes with being a hunter that doesn't include optics because they need to be inside most of the time. Doesn't include 
many of doesn't include all of my rods and reels at least some stuff's inside some stuff's outside i want to see how to do this and do it right because according to my wife and i i wouldn't stand a chance of disagreeing with her and, and getting away with it right now uh, because i know better not because she's wrong but because i know i'm already wrong i'm not very good at that i had grand i had grand plans when we moved into that house 26 eight years ago 26 years ago i had really big plans for keeping the back of that garage super organized and tidy and a couple of hurricanes later i've had to throw stuff in the garage and move stuff around and uh, not so much Mike, would you call yourself an organized person or a regular guy? I'd say I'm pretty organized because I'm like an engineer. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. So you've you've got to have everything exactly where it belongs. Basically, yeah. And you can you can tell me why something belongs where it does too, as an engineering kind of guy, huh? Yeah. yeah Not I so easy. So. Not so easy for me. I had I had I studied engineering, I'm confident that I would have gotten through it. But that held no appeal, honestly. Uh, yeah, it was sorry. just one of those things, like, as a kid, like, I was told by a counselor it was something I was going to be. So it's like you kind of have to want to do it, I guess. Yeah, you got to want to be an engineer. You got to, you really do. There were a lot of things I wanted to be growing up, some of which I became. Uh, the writer, I wanted to be a writer from a time I was pretty young. I wanted to do a lot of hunting and fishing. And I was able to combine the two into a, a pretty decent run writing about hunting and fishing and golf the things i love and snowboarding i got to write about that at the newspaper for probably six eight years and of course as i tell my wife all the time when i want to go hunting or fishing you can't be a carpenter unless you know how to swing a hammer you can't write about fishing you can't talk about fishing unless you go fishing you can't write about fishing can't hunting unless you go hunting you gotta you gotta have some skin in the game uh, and I get as much as I can. I also have I'm I'm neck deep in coaching eleven year olds in baseball too, so that takes a little bit of time now, and a good investment I hope, a good investment for the long term because when I get so old that I can't drive myself places anymore, it'll be just about the time I think when my son gets his license, and maybe we'll have a few good years where we can tag team the drive and really travel all over the place hunting and fishing and playing golf and having fun together surfing he wants to get back into that this coming summer so i'll have to take him again the first time he stood up on a board he was only maybe four or five years old but it's been a while since we've been back so i've got to get him back in the water some more so much to do when you live in southeast texas we have access goodness to the world is truly our oyster all we have to do is Crack that shell open and go find a place to, to have some fun on a day like today. How could you not want to get outside and have some fun, truly? How could you not want to get outside and have some fun today? Go catch a fish. Go hit a golf ball. Go pig hunting this afternoon if you can't get all the way to the deer leash. You, surely you know somebody around here will let you go knock over a pig. Good heavens, it's time. i got to get out of here. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. We'll do it all over again on Sports Talk 790. Thanks for listening. I'll see you then. Adios. KBME Houston and iHeart Radio Station. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.